When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Do not go gentle into that good night. Poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. I was trying to tell a story. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. This is how to write a good short story. No hope, just booze and madness. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Now... Lend me your ears. Hello, and welcome to Literati, a podcast about books and how many of them I can fit in my mouth at once. My current record is six, but they were all Babysitter's Club books. We are your intrepid hosts. I'm Colin O'Brien. And I'm Michael Wolf. Now, these days, it seems like anybody can just go out and start a podcast about whatever the heck they want, even if they know nothing about the topic. Well, here at Literati, we pride ourselves on our pedigrees. True. We aren't literary fakers. In fact, I once bought every single book in a bookstore and then resold those books online at an incredible markup. And I once shoplifted from American Apparel. Oh, that's a reference to the Tao Lin book. (laughs) Okay. One of the main questions we always get from the thousands of listeners we pretend to have is, why are books so scary? Every time I start reading a book, I end up screaming and shaking in the corner of my room. Gosh, I want to read more, but I'm spending my entire budget on new sheets because I'm constantly pissing the bed out of fright, reading chapter after chapter on ghosts, ghouls, and creepazoids is another thing that people say. Well, we have some good news for you. That's not all books. You're reading a specific kind of book called horror. Now, believe it or not, there are tons of different types of books or genres, if you want to be a real grad student about it. That's right. A genre is a style of storytelling. If books were dessert, which they pretty much are to smart guys like us, then genres are the specific desserts that you could eat. Do you want a cold, creamy gelato or a rich chocolate mousse? Or what about a macaroon? Yes, very good, Colin. That's a different type of dessert. Thank you. And it's good to mix it up from time to time. It sounds like our listeners are eating too much horror ice cream, as it were, (laughs) and are experiencing brain freeze. Maybe it's time you try a different treat, like a plum pudding. But now that you know exactly what a genre is in vivid, tasty detail, what are your options? Great question. What do you say we tell our listeners all about our favorite genres? Wait, is that what this has all been leading to? Were you building up to that the whole time? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Wow! Holy fucking moly! I thought we were just shooting the shit! Hot damn! Nice, Michael. Nice. (laughs) I will take it. Okay, well, today we're just going to be focusing on fiction genres and ignoring nonfiction because we enjoy being happy. And if you're a writer, these are some great options you can use before writing your book. Let's start with one of my favorites. Mystery. Somebody did something, and now somebody else is trying to figure it out. This is a great book to read if you like murdered people and spooky stuff that isn't ghosts and ghouls, but real-life spooky like Knives and Pearls. This is a great book to write if you have no idea how to end your book. You can just throw a lot of confusing and misleading stuff in there for a couple hundred pages because your main character also doesn't know how the mystery ends. So you just have to solve it before they do. Next genre, horror. I think we pretty much covered this one in the intro, yeah? Uh, Just rewind uh, about 30 seconds. You'll figure it out. Next genre, fantasy. What's that sound I hear? Swords clashing and dragons kissing and ogres running around like crazy. I must be reading a fantasy novel. These are great books for when you want to escape the real world and live in a world of weird freaks who care about stuff like rings and thrones. Oh, and reader be warned, these books tend to be long and full of maps that show you where the important mountain ranges are. Also, lots of weird mythical creatures. 
This is a good book to write if you hate naming characters things like Karen and Doug, but you love naming people Argorath and Helvenspoon. Next genre, historical fiction. What if Abraham Lincoln had been very short? What if Harriet Tubman loved skateboarding? Historical fiction is when you take stuff from the past and then come lies all over it. This is one of the only ways to make nonfiction enjoyable. But it's also very confusing because how am I supposed to know what's even real anymore? This is a great genre of book to read if you want to pretend the past was better than it was. This is a great book to write if you don't have any ideas for characters, setting, or plot, and instead of coming up with any, you just set your book in World War II and add robots. Or if you want to make historical figures have sex with each other. That's a great way to do that. Westerns. Howdy there, partner. You're standing on my horse. Just kidding. Westerns are books about cowboys. The end. Science fiction. These are books that ask the questions, what if science was interesting? Lasers, aliens, spaceships, all kinds of freaky-deaky stuff. Often sci-fi describes humanity by describing non-human things. For example, I wrote a sci-fi book about a boy whose dad is a robot with a cold, hard diamond for a heart. But it's really about my own relationship with my real father and how he had a very expensive pacemaker. And finally, classics. These are, uh, oh. Well, I guess these are just books that everybody agrees are really good. Oh, yeah. Can that be right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If so, I would highly recommend writing a classic. Why doesn't everyone just write in that genre? Oh, yeah, just do that. Huh. Weird. Well, that's just some of the many genres out there. <laughs> Even more exist if you can believe it. So experiment with reading and writing in genre. And if you don't, hey, that's fine. It just means your book is about people living. And that's nice, too. Sure. Good choice. But today's writer has chosen a very exciting genre that we didn't even cover in these fun, funny examples. They are a children's book author and also a scholar of white culture. Here, reading an excerpt from Bradford Goes to School, it's Amy Tang. Hi, this is Amy Tang. That's not Amy Tan. It's Amy Tang. I'm a children's book author and a scholar in white culture. Today I'll be reading from my children's picture book, Bradford Goes to School. <clears throat> this is the story of Bradford. Bradford is seven years old. He is white, and that's okay. Today, Bradford is going to school. Before Bradford goes to school... He needs to wake up. Bradford's mom gently shakes him awake and says, I love you, Bradford, and I'm so proud of you. This is something white parents say to their children all the time. They don't even have to do anything. Shut up, Mom! Seven-year-old Bradford screams. This is how Bradford talks to his mom and other elders. Time for school, Mom says, which is important, but definitely not what your worth to me is dependent on. Bradford gets dressed, skips breakfast because he is allowed to, and heads out for school. How should Bradford get to school today? Should he ski to school? White people love to ski because it is cold, inconvenient, and dangerous. It also costs lots of money, which is a bonus. Not today, says Bradford. Should he go to a brewery before school? White people love going to breweries especially with their children and babies. Not today, says Bradford. Should he think about taking a sabbatical so he can travel and try to find himself? White people find this acceptable. This is exhausting, Bradford exclaims. I just want to take a break. So, he does. Bradford doesn't go to school today. And that's okay. The Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. 
You are not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. This just in, Amy Tang is so good. Yeah, thank you so much, Amy, for uh, for being here and uh, for sharing that reading with us. Uh, absolutely incredible. Wow, yeah. thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, I just got to say, uh, I don't normally pretend to be a newscaster all the time, so it takes a really special reader and author to get me to kind of do that do-do-do-do oh, thing. Oh, wow. I, I, I feel very honored. Well, we, we are so excited. And I just, right off the bat, I want to say... I am white. I I didn't want to be the first to say it, but I did notice. And I should, because obviously our, our listeners can only hear our voices, I should probably also say that I am also white. I'm very excited to be in the room with two white people right yeah. now. Well, I just <laughs> want to So we should also say that you are not white. No. no. Um, never have been, never want to be. Oh, really? Never well, have been. That's okay. That Never have been. That part is true. Okay. But I, I, I would be... Uh, lying if I said I, I, I didn't secretly, uh, you know, dress up sometimes. Um. <laughs> Wear the whole yeah. costume. So yeah. now that our listeners know which ones of us are white and which ones are not, we can, we can start the interview. And I want to say that it was cool that you included It's Okay to Be White, because I don't yes. always feel that way. I do feel somewhat persecuted by mm-hmm. our society and our culture. I feel mm-hmm. like it's right now it's the hardest time ever for white people, that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing to be is to be a white man in society. So it's cool to have a writer just sort of saying that that's okay. That, yeah. that there are going to be children who grow up with that message right. and have can hear that, that the only message that they hear growing up doesn't have to be uh, it's not okay to yes, be white. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I and I the the backstory a little bit about how I wrote Bradford Goes to School was um originally it was intended um a, as a book to educate Asian American children um about what it would be like to grow up white. And but I'm so touched that it's also um, you know, being read by white children and making them feel okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to say anything, but, uh, you know, necessarily that's not out there or make it all about numbers. But this book has spiked in gated communities and <laughs> in white culture, just as sort of, I would say, almost a rallying war cry. <laughs> I have heard about gated communities before. Yes, I, I've, I've studied them a little, but I yeah. um I, I think I've only been once. Um, mm. I felt a little uncomfortable there, so I left pretty quickly. But it was an eye-opening well, to, experience. To, to people who aren't used to gated community, it could seem like the gate is shutting you in. Rather, really what it's supposed to be is mm. keeping people out. So oh, that might be a confusing. Okay. Yeah, you should okay. feel safer yeah, than you ever sh- oh, when sure. you're in there okay. because it's just sort I of guess like- I just didn't fully understand what it's like to be from there. Mm. And so I felt pretty unsafe. But um, that's good to know. And thank you for taking well, the time and energy to educate me. Yeah. Of course. And your experience isn't my experience. So mm. I don't know how to relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to ask a little bit. I've never before met uh, someone who was a scholar of white culture. In fact, I didn't even know white culture necessarily existed. Oh, well, that is, um, you know, something that I've, I really... Uh, take offense to. I I would like people to know that there is such a thing as white culture. And I, you know, didn't personally grow up in it, but uh, I feel like I've read tons of books. I actually, I studied abroad in Vermont um, oh. and I, I've learned a lot about it. So How exotic. I, it was very exotic. <laughs> not to, not to us. I mean, it's, must be exotic to you. Vermont. It was very yeah. exotic to me, um, but I felt very welcome. Um, I felt like uh, it was a whole new world, but it, it was beautiful. Um, and I just, I hope more people can see that. I, I'm so glad to hear you say it. And it's, it's, uh, it should be, if people go there, mm-hmm. they'll realize they're just people. They're and just it's, people. It's not weird it to, not weird. it's not weird to ski to school. Like, it's just. It's <laughs> not weird to have uh, two minivans. No, yeah. two minivans. What wow, are some yes. other white stereotypes? Well, um, uh, you know, since you uh, seem to have been uh, given permission, I will just dive right yes, in. Yes, please. Um, uh, let's see. Um, 
Uh, well, having a place on Martha's Vineyard. Oh God, um, to summer on the vineyard. Summer on the, yes, the vineyard. You I've win, heard that you yeah, say. Yeah, you know the expression: winter that. in Vermont, summer on the vineyard. Wow, that's that seems what we like all sort too of... cold and too hot to me. But you know, we love to live in extremes. Yes, yes, Just like um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Um, There's so many. So many khakis. Things. Khakis. That's when I don't fully understand, but I'm I'm trying. Um, I I don't like it when I, or it's it's a little bit offensive when I see people from other uh, uh, backgrounds and cultures wearing khakis because mm-hmm. it just sort of feels like you don't know the history. I guess right? yeah, that's true. I will have to, I uh, have to admit I have worn khakis before. Well, uh, were they pleated? <laughs> They were supposed to be. I don't think I had taken yeah. care of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you. I think I, I bought well, the khakis and I didn't wear you them correctly. You don't need to pleat them. They're either pleated or they're not pleated. Oh gosh, this is so. What an interesting oh, culture clash. This, we're this is oh, definitely. I I thought. You know, this was years ago. I must have still been in high school or college. It was mm-hmm. a different time. Oh. But I, I owned a pair of khakis. <laughs> yeah. It was a different time. It was a, it was different, a different time. time. It was a different time. <laughs> what about in-ground pools? Oh, sure. I've been. Um, I guess what I don't understand yeah. is um, what what is there's in-ground pools. Yes, and then there's other kinds of pools. Yes, there is the above-ground pool. What is an above-ground? An above-ground pool? pool is basically a bowl okay. up above the ground. So in-ground is you walk and then it goes down and it's yes, filled. Yes, I that think way. I'm more familiar with that. Okay, so the above-ground is also popular in the suburbs, and it's typically round. Sometimes it's kidney-shaped, okay. and it's literally like a giant bowl full of full. Uh, fuck! Fuck! It's basically a giant Sorry, bowl filled with water. Here. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, well, what is it made out of? Like plastic? Mm, I think it's mostly water. Yes. Okay. The it, Most of it by percentage is water, and then there's a plastic barrier in bottom. Mm. Mm. Thank you. That feels like a complete answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, as you touched upon in your book, uh, mm-hmm. it is... Uh, Common for seven-year-olds to uh, go to breweries before school. Uh, I know I did when I was growing up. If I didn't feel like going to school right away, I would go to a brewery. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You're not just saying that to make me feel no, more comfortable. No, no, no I wouldn't. True. Not. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. Especially winters in Vermont because there were yeah. a lot of hoppy breweries there. Oh yes, hops. I've heard yes. about hops. Mm. And we love hops. What's cool is as a kid, you're encouraged to just sort of drink. And especially as a boy, it's just like boys will be boys. So mm-hmm. you'll be 13. You'll maybe have one too many. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really. I guess what I'd say is there aren't repercussions, even if you fuck up pretty bad. Mm, OK, that makes sense. Well, can I ask this? Mm-hmm. And feel free to let me know if I'm out of line. But why do you like hops? They just seem unpleasant to me. And yeah. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. You know? Um, mm. Is it something just, you have to grow up with? You, we grew up with it. And you so grow there's into an element it. of tradition. Grow into it. Yeah. Okay, okay. And sometimes things are bad. Mm-hmm. And by forcing yourself to like it, that sort of gives you a personality. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, something I've uh, come to find is white culture, if I can make a sweeping generalization. Please. All right. I, it seems like white culture is just having fun. Yes. yes, that I would say oh. is one hundred percent. Yes, oh. uh, we love fun. Uh, we love having it. We love being around it. Mm-hmm. We love starting it. Starting some fun. Starting yeah. some. Fu- I've never heard this phrase before. Driven trucks around a big bonfire in the woods. No, I would be too busy um, leading a productive life. Oh mm. no! Yeah, so it's called. This was all a high school for me. Yeah, so basically, you get a truck, you yep. go into a field, and mm-hmm. you do what's called uh, driving a truck in a circle. Wow! Yeah. And you just go spin and spin and spin, and then oh, your friends wow. are all getting drunk, and you're crushing brews, and there's a mm. big fire, and somebody's playing Kenny Chesney on guitar. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Chesney. Yes, I've heard of this artist. I am. Um, you know, that I, is the right term. I I do. <laughs> I do love his music, um, but mm-hmm. I I don't agree with the lifestyle. What and what? Uh, what's this? I don't care to elaborate. Okay. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear more if there's stuff you want to share, and I I don't want to say speak for all Asian Americans, but I would invite you to be an ambassador for your race and sort of speak oh, sure. for all Asian Americans. I mean, it's not too. I don't find that too difficult because there's so many 
voices of my kind making different kinds of art. So it um, especially these days, especially these days, too many some would say. <laughs> and um, I, I would like to share a little more about my. It's a series, the Bradford series. Okay. Um, so Bradford goes to school is the first one in the series. Great. Uh, book number two uh, is coming out soon. It's called Bradford Takes a Math Test. Okay. A little spoiler alert: he doesn't. Okay, because he just doesn't but want he, to. But he probably still does well in the class. Oh, yes. The yeah, class doesn't matter for him. For yes, he'll makeup. be fine in yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. just if you ask, you'll get extra credit. And probably his mom and the math teacher are friends from back, back yes. in the day. You know, something that um, does seem to be a big culture divide is uh, uh, you guys uh, use calculators for things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All, almost all the time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I love them. Yeah, when I have to make a figure out a tip at a restaurant, when I have to figure out, you know, what's 12% of $40, you know, I have to use my calculator for that. I pull that out. That's fun. In high school math, I was using my calculator all the time. For a long time, I thought the iPhone, I didn't realize it was a phone. I thought it was just a calculator you could keep in your pocket and that you could get a phone app on your very expensive calculator. Yeah. Well, you know. All I was using it for was. Wow. Yeah. I, and this is a true story, uh, I, one of my first. As all of these yeah. are, sometimes I just like to punctuate it. <laughs> sure. um, my fir- one of my first ever toys uh, was a set of flashcards uh, with math problems on them, mm. and so you know, exhilarating for a child. It to was get cards, so exhilarating. Uh, I must have been younger than five years old. So the need for a calculator never really arose until the, when we needed the graphing kind. Mm. Yeah, no one could have predicted that you needed flashcards for graphs. No. Yeah, <laughs> not me. I had a small two, three hundred dollar calculator, and by small, I mean pretty fucking big, mm-hmm. with me at all time. Whenever I was challenged with a math problem, I would just pull it out and make that do the thinking for me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what's the next book? Are there more in the Bradford series? Um, they're in the works. Okay. Um, I could try to think of some right now. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> oh, love, love to, to see the process. Wow. Yeah, okay. the process. All right, yeah. let me just. Like, what um, else could see. Bradford let's do? See what comes? Um, Bradford. goes okay wow he's on his way somewhere there's a lot of to church bradford goes to church bradford goes to church oh wow Wow. that's wholesome and probably to be a good uh yeah and to to be a a good member of his faith probably doesn't have to go he just has to show up he can fall asleep during yeah and he can probably just use his faith later on in life to like excuse other behavior Uh, or condemn Parts of the population. Yes. Do you mind? I might take some notes oh, down. Yeah, please. Absolutely. Just these things you're saying passively, I will yeah. count as speaking for all. Of course. Yes. We have been told we are model whites. Wow, model whites. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I will say that sometimes you only need to, if you do look for details, you only need to go to church once a year. Wow. On one of the big holidays. I've heard of this. Okay. Yeah. So and, but you can true. still claim Christianity or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is you're claiming. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, use that to shape, uh, quote unquote, moral judgments and political beliefs that affect millions of other people who may have not only real religious beliefs, but actual uh, real life consequences. Incredible. Yeah. I uh, Well, here's a little uh, fun fact just about the book series. Bradford, um, his parents named him after Bradley Whitford. <laughs> Yeah, the famous white actor. Yes, they combined Bradley Whitford's two names to make it uh, one name. That's amazing. Bradford has a younger brother who's five years old named Lee Witt. And is that a? It's the middle part of Bradley Uh, Whitford. Wow, you know they just as they must be big fans. Yes, they used every part of the buffalo. (laughs) You have to use every part of. The, the Bradley Whitford Buffalo. So one That's such, thing, a, such a beautiful name. It really is. One yes. thing I didn't like was oh. how Bradford was rude to his mom. Oh, sure. Because while I believe that that happened and was real, I mm. hate to portray that. Okay. I would love to just cover that up, you know? Sure, sure. I just felt like, it, um, for me, it was important to expose both the positive and negative aspects that I had uh, mm, observed in okay. white culture. What I, do you mean negative aspects? Um, you know, you're right. I would not count that as a negative aspect, okay. but I do think it's, there are some negative aspects of white culture. Because mm. I would just say that uh, at growing up uh, white, I just found it so empowering to scream at my parents. Mm-hmm, like uh, mm-hmm. the first time I did it was sort of a rite of passage to just 
yell full volume at your parents. Mm. Oh, that's very foreign to me. I, I couldn't imagine. It feels that. great. And I don't feel bad about it now. Okay. It you don't think about it a lot. No, late and at it night. doesn't make me feel embarrassed or ashamed. Right. Uh, the people who gave you everything. Yep. That I yelled at them. But I'm sure if you yelled at them, it was about something pretty big. Yeah, probably. <laughs> something, uh, something, something big. Something that mattered. Yeah. You wouldn't just do it over some small thing you didn't get your way about. No, no. <laughs> My parents deserve to be yelled at. Well, um, Amy, I want to ask a little bit about um, your writing process. Sure. What is it? I, um, you know, sometimes I just, uh, I, I take myself um, into, into Westchester. Mm. I sit just take Am- Amtrak, uh, Metro North? I just take the Metro North. Yeah. What's that, four or five stops? Yeah, about four or five. Okay. I sit in a coffee shop, <laughs> and I just write down what I see. Mm. That's amazing. And uh, to speak about process, I'll, I also noticed the when reading the story aloud, it was it was a very short story, but yes. looking at the book uh, yes, right in front I of me, it, is, it, is, it looks to be about... 500 to 700 pages? It's, yeah, it's what is, somewhere in between 500 and 700. It's a, it is a picture 600. book. Oh, okay, so it's yeah, just filled with pictures. Call that 600 Wait, let me pages. get my calculator. No, it's okay, <laughs> yeah, Michael. Roughly 600. All right. <laughs> well, um, so as you can see, um, uh, the, uh, the text, mm-hmm. there's not too much text. No. But there's plenty of pictures. Yeah, right? there's because, some, yeah, there's some cool ones of like Bradford... Yes. On skis. Yes, he is uh, blonde-haired and blue-eyed. That's um, awesome. But one yeah. of my favorite like parts Michael about that, yes, one of my favorite parts about white people is that they were all blonde as children. <laughs> yes, toe-headed. Is toe-headed. The what a strange. <laughs> I never understood it, uh, and I didn't even yeah. know that's what it meant until I asked somebody, "What does toe-headed mean?" And it means blonde. Mm, yes, oh. I learned that from the white television show Full House. <laughs> ah. And then also, if you put a pair of gold-toed socks. On a toe-headed child, toe-head, gold toe. That's from wow. Fuller House. Mm, that's a joke from Fuller House. Wow, yeah. that's great that they brought that show back. Colin's writing for it. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just nice to be able to write for a show that sort of speaks to, mm-hmm. you know. He does all suburban... the dog storylines. All the dog storylines. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. You know, yeah. my the favorite. The D-plot. Wow, the D-plot. D-plot. Oh yes, D for dog. Yeah. You know, my favorite part of that is uh-huh. that um, uh, the, the in Full House they were called the Tanners. Mm-hmm. In Fuller House, their last name is Fuller, and also the series is, starts. Is that true? Yes, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the series starts because DJ, who was married to a firefighter named. <laughs> Uh, with the last name Fuller, uh, he has just died in a fire. And so that's, that's why... That's how the series starts? <laughs> yes, her husband has died in a fire and she must raise her three children with her two female friends, well, a female friend and her sister. Yeah. So oh, it's you exactly... friends with your sister. Sure. <laughs> I would say we shouldn't be going out off on a tangent, but I can't think of anything whiter than Fuller House on Netflix. Yeah, I guess I can't either. They do have a foreign person in it, Kimmy, Kimmy Gibbler... Uh, is with a, a Latino man. All right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, if that isn't progress, I don't know what is. There's plenty of Latino jokes. Good. For tasteful ones? I bet they're really... like. <laughs> I can't speak for that. Yeah, I probably won't either. <laughs> I could, but I won't. Um, and Amy, what... Uh, did you always want to write for children? Have you done any novels for adults? You know, I... I I used to want to write for adults, but I find children's minds are more malleable. You can start them young. Just get in there. Just get in there, yes. Yes. Start rooting around. Yes. Planting seeds. Yes, planting seeds. I found that when I was trying to write for adults, I had a lot of pushback of... Mm. uh, this is not how the world is. This is not how we think. And um, now that I write for children, um, fewer a, reviews, I would say. Not a lot of criticism. Not a lot of criticism. That's very smart. That's a yes. that's that's really smart to mm-hmm. start writing for uh, for an audience that doesn't know enough to be like, hey, I don't think this is this is right. Yes, I'm able to aggressively market to them without any pushback, and um, it's almost as if children don't have rights. <laughs> Colin, should we make this a children's podcast? I think so. 
just real quick, has any of the past content we've done, would that be not appropriate? I can't think of anything we've done that and wouldn't I be appropriate don't for children. have time to check yeah so alex um let's go ahead and let's change this in itunes to make this a children's educational podcast okay awesome wow there we go yeah. top in the charts <laughs> top in the charts um so now you uh you're uh specifically our uh, children's author mm-hmm. uh but there's plenty of genres out there True. Mm-hmm. are are there any are there any genres? Do you have a favorite genre that you like to read? <laughs> and this is a this isn't a music podcast, so don't say dubstep. Wow. <laughs> Were you going to say that? Were you going to say? I thought about it. You're going to say dubstep. I know. Yeah. All I want to say is dubstep. <laughs> don't now. say it. No, oh, don't say it. Oh. Uh, but no, seriously, what kind of literature uh, tickles your fancy? <laughs> uh, like I really. You know, call me a fetishist, but I really love anything by a white author. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah. You yeah. can also call me a fetishist. <laughs> oh? And, Just and based on my search history. <laughs> oh, sure. Yes. Uh, um, specifically historical fiction. Okay. Yeah. Fan. Okay. Because we, I was, uh, I love historical fiction. Oh, what if Abraham Lincoln had a hoverboard? Oh, yeah. Yes. Stuff like that. That's, That's what really we're good about. stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah we, uh, we found, a. Uh, Found a bunch of new genres that I didn't even know. Wow. I, yeah, Brand new. I, I, yeah. So wow. uh, there's like, I'm looking forward to getting into some of these. I found this recently on a website. There's bizarro fiction, Nordic noir, flash fiction, spoetry, which is poetry composed of subject lines from spam emails. Spoetry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. There's like Twitter fiction, cashier memoir, which is just true life tales from behind the cash register. Wow. These are all, uh, I found these on a website. You know, and they have I, to be true. They gotta be real. You can't yeah. put that online if yeah. it's not verified. Wow. Yes, that's true. You know, I got a spam email today that was pretty fun. Would yeah. love Maybe to hear it. Maybe we could make it into something. Yeah, we could turn yeah. it into a poem. I, I think I probably have some spam. I had, too. A, I had, um, I put them all in one folder. <laughs> Yeah, I put them my under inbox. my favorites. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, we were both. It's sa- getting... similar. Yeah. yeah. Similar oh. ideas. This Where... is a good one. <laughs> what do you have? I have sex adult, sex dating. Confirm your subscription now. Emoji lips, emoji tongue. Hi there. This is an email to inform you that your email address has been listed as a subscriber to receive notifications from our adult sex plus 18 website. So, Alex, just take this stuff out. For if this one does launch on the kids one. Oh, um, yes. And then I can either click, yes, it's me, let's get started, or confirm unsubscribe. So I'll just click both of those. Oh, just at the same time? Yeah. I, I have one. Uh, it says, get $25 just for having friends. That's that's a beautiful line of poetry. It's yeah. beautiful Get poetry. $25 just for having friends? It's, yes, that's what it says. I pay $25 just to have yes, friends. Yes, honestly, it seems like if you already have friends, why would you need $25? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can You've just ask your won. Yeah, and you can just ask your friends for it. Yeah. They'll lend you the money. It's a confusing headline, <laughs> confusing um, subject line. I've got another one. Question mark, question mark. We've detected unusual activity on your account. Question mark, question mark. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Warning. Now, is this wow. one related to the last one about uh, the... No, this one's from Google, okay. but oh. it's spaced weird and the colors are wrong. Okay. So I, I have think that's, a good, that's more of like an E.E. E. Cummings style poem. Yes, yeah. I have another one. Okay. This one says, everyone needs a friend unless that friend is Greta. <laughs> that's a is spam that, email? Is that a real one? Yeah, it's from Alamo Drafthouse. Oh. Who's Greta? I, I, I think she is a character played by uh, Chloe Grace Moritz. <laughs> So it, wait, in that Suspiria, the new is it? I don't no, know. I think it's, it's called, called Greta. Greta. <laughs> oh, it's a different. Everyone needs a friend unless that friend is Greta. <laughs> hey, oh, so this amen to that. This just isn't a. Uh, this isn't just a, a a campaign by Alamo Draft House to have people not be friends with a woman named Greta. Mm. A lot okay. of your spam emails are friend related. I'm those are just the ones that hurt me the most. <laughs> I do have one that is marked spam um, that I'm not going to give the details of, but it is a person asking uh, a mass list of people to come be on his podcast oh. that's on the radio um, and like a you know a Brooklyn local radio station, and he emailed me um, and this list of like 150 people about once a week for so long that I had to mark it as spam, so I no longer wow. would get it. Wow. So just uh, listeners at home, those are your spam headlines, and just uh, we can create a you can create a poem. Oh, this from one, that. 
says, what do you got? Catch Josh Groban in theaters. That's not spam. That's just uh, something you're not going to go to. You got to move. You should go to that. You could write a whole novel. Yeah, you're You're absolutely right. Yeah, (laughs) that one probably came up from research you were doing. That's actually that's true. I signed up for that. Are you a Josh Groban fan? Because I find that he is the pinnacle of mediocrity. I would say he. I when when I saw the word the words Josh Groban, I did think uh, white. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Um, now, yes, I, I got to admit that as writers ourselves, we're sort yes. of pioneers in terms of genres. We're breaking mm, rules in mm-hmm. genre bending. Colin is a master of both self help and self harm genres. Wow. Yeah, and Michael is a pioneer in the erotic autobiography genre. Wow, pretty good. Yeah, erotic and just sort of like autobiography. Yeah. Yes. So I'm telling the story of my life, but I'm also trying what? to get my readers off. That's um, incredible. Yeah. And yeah. Alex, just real quick. Um, can we just make sure that if this goes out today as a children's educational podcast, we just get a sample of some of my erotic autobiography and tack that on the beginning to hook them? I haven't written it yet. Oh. But yeah. we just want to know, okay. can we can we do that once he sends it to you? Sure. Yeah, Great. I, yes. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Awesome. Wow, Fantastic. Great. <laughs> uh, Michael, you also did a lot of uh, controversial work in the young adult nonfiction genre. Yeah, it was controversial because it was a lot of me trying to tell the stories of real life kids leading real exciting lives. And a lot of the wow. parents said, don't write these. What, what kind of kids were they? Like little what, scrappy what, kids. What had they accomplished? Just getting in fights, going on little adventures. You know, like Stand By Me, where the kids go and find a dead yes. body in the woods. So these were real children who yes. who had found. Yeah, it's young adult it's non- nonfiction. Yeah, it's nonfiction. Okay. <laughs> so it's like imagine Harry Potter, except it's just a kid who who has a shitty family and they treat him yeah. poorly, and none of the magic stuff happens. So these are stories to get them. Michael had to hang around kids a lot. Or you know how in Twilight, like, it's sort of this kind of abusive relationship with a supernatural Mm. lens put over it? Yes. Just take out the supernatural stuff. Wow. And then also, they're real children. Yeah, they're real children. Okay. Wow. That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I've also, uh, I've written a bunch of uh, Easterns, which are uh, sort of my version of a Western. Just wow. I've never been out west, so I just sort of base it. And it's on the east coast. Yeah, it's just east, but it's still Martha's a lot of still, stuff. Yeah, wow. still, still a lot of saloons yes. and uh, gunfights and stuff. What's there's the... a really good chapter, or actually, is it a whole book? It's a no, it's a chapter on Rhode Island. Wow, awesome. is Newport in there? Oh, you better believe wow. Newport's in there. Oh my gosh! And if you think I'd write about Newport and not include the folk festival. You're mistaken. I was just hearing about the folk <laughs> festival today. Ooh, uh, went man. right over my head. Um, well, what is that place where um, one of the Kennedys killed someone? Uh, Chappaquiddick. Yes. Wow. What a word. Yeah. Just yeah. wanted to get that in there. Chappaquiddick. Chappaquiddick. That's yeah. going to replace the uh, quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. You guys is, know that? That's the sentence that has every letter? Yes. And Chappaquiddick what? also has every letter? Chappaquiddick has every letter in twice, it. Twice. Twice. Every letter yes. twice, yeah. Oh. What, so. was the, what was the sentence that has every letter? Um, it is, a quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. All right. Is that right? Is it missing Z? Lazy. Lazy Oh, yeah, lazy. Okay. Quick. <laughs> fox. Yeah. yeah. And if uh, if we can just fact check this. Uh, yeah, Alex. The, it's the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That is it. And that, that's real. So that has every letter of the English alphabet. Do you mm-hmm. remember what um, they said in Donnie Darko? Who was the actress in Donnie Darko? Was it Maggie Gyllenhaal? I think it was. And that's not the one who says the thing I want. Okay. Um, <laughs> she was a child actress. She was in Taxi. Oh. You know. Oh wait, wait! But she was an adult in this movie. Yes. Oh, so uh, oh, that's Jodie Foster. Yes. Mm, not Jodie no. Foster. Wow. Close. It sounds just like can't that. win with this guy. No, I know. I it's just movie. that I really need it. Well, then to you be fucking right. remember it. I'm trying really hard. To, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> she was in Taxi. She was in Taxi. <laughs> taxi <was> Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Drew Barrymore got her start in Taxi Driver. <laughs> Anyway, she's in Donnie Darko, okay. and she says, "Cellar door is Cellar the most door is beautiful." The most, yes, that's phrase. Walt Whitman. Someone said that. I believe it was 
Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore said that <laughs> cellar door is, is the, the most beautiful phrase in the English language. And it, also has all the letters in the alphabet. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the good ones. Anyway. All the good ones. Yeah. Uh, cellar door was the name of the literary magazine at my high school. Oh, really? Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Imagine a whole literary magazine based off Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get that movie? Um, you know, I haven't been asked that question. <laughs> and now that I think about it, I don't know if I did, but I did love it, which yeah. I think is how I feel about white culture, not to bring yeah. it back, but I don't know if I get it, but I do love it. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not something you have to like over intellectualize. You just feel it. Is that the movie where they play the song Mad World? Yeah. Yes. I love that song. I play it all the time. Yeah. And a good song can make an okay movie feel important. Mm-hmm. And also that bunny was huge. Bunny was huge. Big bunny. Bunny was so big. I've never seen a bunny that big. It's impressive. Yeah. Not since I went to that radioactive island. <laughs> Rhode Island? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. Wow. They, uh, they spilled a lot of chemicals and the people there, whew, weird. They'll eat the strangest stuff right out of the ocean. That's how sick they are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You know, the dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. That's, that's from that song. Is that, is that from Drew Barrymore? I think it's kind of sad. We do not have the rights to this song. Are, scree! <laughs> okay, well, I pulled the e-brake. Well, you know, just imagine like a little, a little teenager listening to that over and over every morning. And, that is, and writing for the cellar door. Writing for the cellar I actually did Tears not write for, for the cellar door. Oh, yeah. I'd already moved on to children. When did you start writing? Uh, when did I start writing? As soon as I was, I was no longer considered a child to myself, <laughs> uh-huh. I started writing for children. Yes. And were you writing for? Were you writing for adults when you were a child? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. You know, uh, strictly sexual stories as a child for adults. Huh. <laughs> those must have been pretty inaccurate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what would something like that be that a child would write a sexual story? Because I really was confused on what sex was for a long time, up yeah. until last week. Yes. Uh, when I went to the Natural History Museum mm. and I saw some of the exhibits and I was like, oh, oh. now yeah. I get it. That's a good one. It's a good museum. Yes. Um, that squid and the whale just tangled up together. Oh my gosh, I was just talking about the movie The Squid and the Whale with someone. Noah Bumbach, another Bumbach. white filmmaker. Yes. Do you remember that scene where yes. he's uh, the boy is mad about his parents' yes. diver- divorce, so he puts his jizz everywhere in yes. the library? Yes. I do remember this because I watched that movie several times in high school yeah. and thought, how good. Yeah. How well, you good. also you also lived it. You lived that story. Especially I did that, live that scene. Story. Yes, I lived that scene. Of course, I didn't have access to the library, so I had to go to Amazon.com. And I was like, well, I'll spread it everywhere. You went to... One of the pickup the pick lockers. I ruined my family's computer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, um, then, and then when they asked why, you're like, because I want you to get back together. Yeah. Isn't it clear? Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, and I stole a Pink Floyd song and I sang it. Do you remember how he does that in the movie too? He plays, I believe, Wish You Were Here. Yeah. And everybody yes. in school's like, you're brilliant. Except wow. only brilliant. no one knew this Pink Floyd song. And then what I wow. like is to show depth, he goes and looks at another person's piece of art. And that's yes, how the yes. director kind of conveyed that know, this was a deep kid and a deep movie. This movie was so good that it became a band called Noah and the Whale as a nod oh. uh, to both the director and the title of the film. Do you know what genre of music that was? And don't say dubstep. I want to say dubstep. <laughs> I, I believe it's some form of folk pop. Yeah, I would categorize it as twee. Twee, yes. yes. Oh, I love Twee. Yeah, yeah. I so genuinely right now. love Twee. <laughs> Until Twee and uh, Tears for Fears. Yes, no one the that whale. I would say that captures my entire personality. Yeah. Now, what does Twee? What does Twee stand twee for? Does not stand for anything, but it is music that you. It's kind of sappy. I would say upbeat, very like saccharine sweet. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of sad, too yes, melancholy, like and you, you would like hold your partner and lay in bed listening to yes, this movie. Yes, like if you've seen the movie 500 Days of Summer, you've experienced Twee. Yes. Okay. That is Twee. It's yes. cutesy. Yes. I didn't realize I already experienced this. Yes. Okay. Everything that exists, you've experienced. Oh. Wow. That's that's like from the movie Her. 
There is so much in white culture, and I'm so grateful that it exists. And we're just yeah. scratching the surface yeah. scratching here on this, the on this, surface. On this, on this we're podcast. We're actually open to questions. <laughs> Wow. If okay. You, just to say, just to put I've it out always, there. Wow. Okay. No white person has ever <laughs> let me do this before. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, so excited. We famously excited. don't like to talk about ourselves. Yes. Okay. Well. Um. I. Okay. Uh, um. Um. Do sunburns hurt? So bad. They hurt so, so bad. bad. Yeah. And They're, the thing is, it doesn't take long for it to happen. No. What? It can happen when you're you're like I wasn't even at the beach. No, you're I, just I walking assumed on a you'd been day. outside, like uh, burning for hours, for days. I have to. I have to. Honestly, I have to turn the lights off in my apartment, uh, wow. like for 15 minutes every hour because I could get a sunburn just from the lights. Wow. Yeah, and, and you're then not you... messing with me. No, I'm not messing wow. with you. Okay. Yeah, and then you have to rub aloe vera yeah. all over your. Aloe that's why vera. we're. That's you probably were wondering why Michael and I are covered in aloe vera right I now. I was wondering. Yeah, yes. mine's for a slightly different reason okay. that I don't think I can talk about on this children's podcast. Oh, He's. Sure. A, I'll just tell you. I'll just whisper it so that yeah, just kids whisper aren't here. it. He's a fetishist. Oh, yeah. that explains it. Yeah. Um. Any other questions? What was that sound? Hmm. That was for me. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I, uh, I have so many, uh, sure. while I have you, um, yeah. oh, just cause this is in front of me. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's still their slogan, but Poland Springs slogan used to be born better. What's that about? <laughs> well, so, I will so say that, that was the, that was initially the slogan for white people, yeah. uh, for a while. They changed that cause of optics. Yeah. Uh, and I will say all white people are Polish. Uh, at oh. some point you can trace it back to there and German and English, you know, but Polish mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> was that really the, the slogan for Poland? I wish Spring? I had a photo of it right now, but, um, and it, just, it was on my bottles. Of it. And now, now I guess it's proudly from Maine. Which feels similar. Yep. It is the, now that is also the slogan for proudly white people. Yes. From Maine. Proudly from Maine. So, you know, I wish they could put a little uh, cardigan on a Poland Springs water bottle. Because you know how, that would really seal the deal. You know how they say, was, is there like a, you know how they say like, like all humans on earth came from like uh, uh, a certain place and just like sort of. Uh, yes. Mesopotamia, yeah. the fertile crescent. Well, all mm. white people came from Maine. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's where all white people originated. That makes sense. And then we, you know, just migrated. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I just recently learned that the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, the ones hiding from the Nazis. Yes. They in the end of the movie they escape through the Alps. I assume they're in Switzerland. I find out ski, that's how they're gonna get down. Yeah, I know. Well, speaking of ski, I find out they're actually in Vermont. Oh, the whole movie took place in Vermont. That's what's on the other real, side of the Alps. They have so, a real life a family estate or the von Trapps some, do in Vermont. In Vermont? Some, yes, I, it's like near-ish to Stowe, Vermont. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I used to I'm, go on ski trips there I'm with sort my school. Of remembering the movie, was it the Nazis were just trying to stop them from skiing, and they were like. They were like, no, we're going to ski. It we was, don't... I believe, I don't think it was a Nazi. I think it was a principal. Yeah. Who was saying, hey, you, you dang sophomores, <laughs> you, unless you pass, your fraternity is going to sh- get shut down. You won't be able to compete yeah. in the ski tournament. Yeah. Oh, and it was yes. called, if I remember, it wasn't called The Sound of Music. It was called The Sound of the Slopes. And I don't think it was called the Von Trapp family. I believe it was Van Wilder. <laughs> This is all National sounding Lampoon, more familiar. Van Wilder, Actually, you know what? I must have been slopes. a fever dream that I thought I saw the sound of music. Yes, I don't. I would hate to correct you, but I do think your lived experience is invalid. Thank you. I, I, it's important for me to learn, and I thank you. Well, we have time for one more question for us. Okay, I, I, I do have one prepared. Great. Um, I uh, just last night was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if my drag name were Pat O Butter? Now is is that offensive? Well, Collins, I'm half Irish. I think Collins all Irish and Polish. Pat, Pat O Butter. Yes, and so I like. So this isn't. What would it's you? Not, it's not even like forming a sentence, right? It's just no, it's, it's like just a, putting the O with an up with a pad of butter. Like it's a pad of butter, you know, like a little square. Like a little oh, pad that's of called butter. it's called a pad of butter. It's okay, a pad of butter. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. So I Colin, knew that. I knew that. I you knew are that. Colin I knew O'Brien. That. Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. So is it, this, is it a? And you probably dress in like a foil, a little like foil number. And if anybody could, if there was any uh, skin showing, it would probably be buttery. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and 
uh, so I, yeah, I would just like to say that you don't have to worry. It is horribly offensive. Yeah, so okay, uh, okay. So you're just going to clear yeah. that right up. I'm right going to say, yeah. Alex, this now has marked what I would say, uh, NC-17 content for the podcast, wow. so we're not going to be able to release this for children. Okay. Yeah. If you want, I mean, just while you're you're already on the mic, if you want to- uh, Apologize? Yeah, have an apology. To, okay. You can just record yes. it now, because I mean, it, they're right. definitely, so as soon sorry. as it comes out, yes. you're definitely- gonna, offensive. Yes. I just think okay. it's offensive. I might as well get ahead of, Space while plus. people are still- um, uh, what's it, composing their tweets? Yes, I might as well just apologize right <laughs> they start now. Start deleting the tweet. Yes, as they hear the yes, apology. they've just heard the offensive. And follow remark. us now if you are at either Literati Comedy um, on Twitter and Instagram or Eat My Ass, um, which or, is on Twitter. Eat Great. my ass. Eat my yes, ass. Yes, it is. Eat All my right. ass. And direct, because eat my ass was taken. Great. And direct any um, you know hate mail threats, uh, whatever you feel is appropriate to at. Alex Snog on Twitter and Instagram for me. And here is my apology. Um, I'm sorry that what I said made you feel that way. I think what I said was funny. Wow. It is so refreshing to get a genuine, real apology that just sort of cuts right to the core. And with that... I want to thank you for coming into the studio today and sharing your work. It was thank an absolute so much joy me. having you. Yeah, thank you. It was thank you for welcoming me into your space. It's a, it's strange, but I I enjoyed it. I would just like to say on behalf of Michael and myself, it was a pleasure to educate you. Thank you. Any final words of wisdom for aspiring writers out there? Um, you know, come up with an opinion and never change it. There you go. And that's the end. Of that chapter. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.